We are here for the employment hour. If you got uh, employment issues, severance questions, we take them all. Uh, Lior's number outside of Shore Hours, uh, 416-216-5900. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. But for now, my friend, we'll talk about several things tonight. We're getting into the worst times for an employee to terminate employment. These are golden. But we always start with the week that was. We shall start with the week that was, John, as always. Uh, one day we'll change it up, but not tonight. Uh, so welcome to all our listeners. Uh, this is the show. This is the place. We talk to you about employment law, workplace rights. Maybe you work or had a job or know someone that has a problem at their workplace. Have them call us. Let's talk employment law. So to start off with the week that was, a couple of situations or, or individual matters that I dealt with this week. The first one, I got a call uh, last week from uh, a lady who had worked as a bookkeeper for uh, a small software company for about seven years. Mm -hmm. So she worked as a bookkeeper, regular hours, uh, nine to five, uh, you know, doing her job, went home, got paid uh, a regular salary, uh, except guess what, John? Her employer, the software company, treated her as an independent right. contractor. Saw that coming. Okay? Independent contractor. So you're not our employee, even though she looked like an employee and acted like an employee. And then uh, last week, that uh, company let her go. And they said, well, you're an independent contractor. We don't have to pay you severance. We don't have to pay you anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, look at your agreement that says independent contractor. That's when she calls me because she heard our radio show. And guess what, John, as you know now, hopefully our listeners know by now, of course, that in the eyes of the law, she is an employee because she has a regular job, because she works uh, full-time, regular hours, doesn't matter what she was called, doesn't matter how she was taxed, uh, she is an employee. Therefore, she gets the same amount of severance as any employee. And for her, that was about 10 months' pay that she's getting. So we went from zero, not getting anything, to getting 10 months' pay. Now, this is a very common situation where people misclassify themselves or the company they work for misclassifies them as independent contractors. Remember, the law does not care what you call yourself. The law looks at the reality on the ground and its substance over form. If you have a regular job, regular hours, work for a company for a period of time, you are very likely to be an employee. doesn't matter what the taxes situation is. Uh, now, before we move on, John, for those that want to learn more about independent contractors versus employees, I'll urge them to listen to us this coming Sunday on the it. Employment Hour. We'll be talking more at length about this whole difference between employee and independent contractors. That's Sunday at 1 o'clock. Now, the second matter I'll talk to you about, uh, uh, I think it's an important one. Another lady called me. She had worked for a company for a long time, about 20 years. And recently, she got uh, into an argument with her supervisor. Uh, some words were exchanged. Some uh, heated uh, debate happened. And in the heat of the moment, she said, that's it. I can't take it. I'm out of here. I'm out of here, yeah. And she, she grabbed her uh, jacket and, and marched out of the workplace. Well, guess what? Uh, a couple hours later when she uh, cooled realized off. what she did, cooled off mm-hmm. a bit. Well, wait a sec. What the heck did I just do? Uh, I, I need to work. I can't afford to be out of a job. I've had this job for 20 years. Uh, you know, it, it's not, I, I don't want to quit. And first thing in the morning, she contacted her employer. She called her employer and says, listen, I didn't mean it. Uh, I'm sure we can work it out. I want to come back to work. The answer she got was, what are you talking about? You, you quit. Uh, you, you don't work here anymore. And, you know, you can come pick up your stuff whenever you want, but you're done. That's when she contacted me. And what I told her is what I'm going to tell our listeners now, that this situation that I've described in the eyes of the law is not a resignation. Because it was done in the heat of the moment, because there was no real intention to not continue working. So whenever a resignation is not really reflective of the person's intention, if they take back comments made in the heat of the moment, 
That is not a resignation. And if the employer refuses to allow them to come back to work, that is a termination. And these things happen very often. Remember, resignation is something that's done intentionally with with the intention not to longer, longer continue working. And it's not something that's done in the heat of the moment. So if you're in that situation, if your employer says you've just resigned, that actually may not be the case. So she was owed full severance, about two years pay. How long could she have waited? In the heat of the moment, probably two, three days. And then it's like... Beyond that, yeah. it'd be tough to say heat gotcha. of the moment. You want to call Lior directly. Outside the show, that's easy. That's 416-216-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Just getting started on the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640. You want to uh, email Lior, you can do that. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. So we're going to get into this. This is the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. Yeah, How the, about worst this one? the worst times. The worst... And if you ask employees, it's always the worst time. Yeah, right. but, but there are some situations, John, that from a, a legal standpoint, mm-hmm. an, employer, uh, an employer really incurs additional liability if they let people go. I'll uh, run through this list and we'll take them one by one. You can dissect them as you see fit. When an employee asks about a disability leave or comes back from a disability leave, how about that? Yeah, and you know, any time an employer lets some, an employee go, either because they are going on a leave, they asked about a leave, or they, they want to come back from a leave, that's a problem. That's a reason it's a problem because it could be a human rights violation. Now, not only if the employer lets the employee go, not only are we dealing potentially with the issue of severance, how much severance is paid, we're also dealing with a human rights violation and potentially additional damages and compensation that the employee is owed. I've seen many cases where the employer uh, won't allow someone to come back from a disability leave and let them go or the employer refuses to accommodate, or I've had a case very recently which led to me putting this on the list where an employee was asking their employer about, you know, if they have a medical condition, they were concerned about it, if they need to take a leave, can they do that? Then guess what? Two days later, they're let go. Wow. Uh, Preemptive strike. Exactly. And even if you're not disabled, but your employer lets you go believing that you're disabled, that is a human rights violation as well. So anytime an employer does that, it's bad news, it's illegal, it's a human rights violation. So my advice for employers, if you have to let someone go, uh, please don't let them go because they're on a disability leave or disabled or sick. Uh, that's just an invitation for disaster. Uh, unless, of course, there's other reasons. If you've papered your file and you can show that the reason has nothing to do with the mm-hmm. disability, it's just bad timing, perhaps. But in most cases, that's going to be very difficult for the employer to prove. Are those uh, human rights damages often the same, more or less than your severance? Uh, Oftentimes, depending on the length of employment, they're going to be less. Uh, So human rights damages could be anywhere from, let's say, $15,000 to $30,000 generally, uh, where severance in many cases can be tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, But again, usually uh, the human rights damages are damages you don't pay any taxes on. So it's still a significant amount of money. Talking about the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. How about this? When an employee announces pregnancy or comes back from maternity leave, this one sticks in your craw big time. Yeah, you know, what, what is my rule of thumb? My rule of thumb is you don't mess with an employee on maternity leave. That's it. You just don't do it. You don't mess with it. You don't do anything. You don't, don't mess with mama. Go. You don't mess with mama. No, no. Anyone that uh, that's tried to mess with mama knows uh, knows why. But, you know, you don't change the job. You don't change the compensation, hours of work. You don't let them go. The reason for that, the law provides very, very good extensive protections for employees on a maternity leave. You have to take them back to work. You have to allow them the time off work. You can't take them back with a different job or a different pay. If you do that, that's a violation of the Employment Standards Act. That's a violation potentially of the Human Rights Code. In other words, it's illegal. So you cannot let an employee go 
if they're on a pregnancy leave, parental leave, that's bad news. And it doesn't work, by the way, John, if you bring someone back for maybe a couple of weeks and then you let them go. You know, we can see through that. Mm. So generally speaking, if, you're, if you want to let an employee go when they come back from maternity leave, the only way you can do that is if you can prove as the employer that the termination had nothing to do with the maternity leave. Uh, it was completely unrelated. This work for the fellows for paternity leave if you're splitting it in half? Same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, replace maternity with paternity and everything I said applies to that. You don't you have the same legal obligations, man, woman, father, mother. It's the same thing. You cannot let them go. It's illegal. Worst time for an employer to terminate an employment. How about this? An employee raises harassment allegations against a boss or even a coworker. Yes, exactly. And the reason why it's a bad, uh, bad thing to do and it's the bad time to let someone go is because an employer now has a positive legal obligation to protect employees from harassment. They have to protect an employee from harassment. They have to have policies in place. They have to uh, take measures to protect employees. Therefore, what happens if you let someone go because they raised harassment obligations, not only are you not protecting them, you're actually penalizing for, the, uh, for that. That's a reprisal. That's illegal. That's something no employer should do. Uh, a court would come, uh, come down on you pretty hard if you did that. Got uh, Lou from Scarborough. Good evening, Lou. How are you? Big Louie, how are you? Hi, Lou. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. What's up? Yeah, I'm saying uh, I let I laid up, um, I left my my place of employment. I gave them a resignation letter, and um, they uh, I left on a Friday, and on the Monday they awarded bonuses to the employees. So my question is, would I qualify for that? And the bonuses were the regular bonuses, the bonuses that they hand out every year. Um, yeah, it'll be the second year they handed it out. Okay. And is it uh, based on some sort of a fiscal year? So in other words, if it's based on the, on the previous year, what is it based on that bonus? It's based on, it's based on uh, profit. It's like a profit sharing thing. So if you did everything you're required to do to qualify for that bonus, if you uh, otherwise were eligible, you finished doing the work that would otherwise qualify you, you get the bonus. The only way you would not get the bonus is if at some point you signed an employment agreement that says you have to be actively employed on the date the bonus is paid. If you sign something like that, then you might not get it. Otherwise, if you've earned that bonus, then you should get it. How much are we talking about, Lou? I heard it's about 6000 Okay. So that's something you may want to pursue. You may have to pursue that through small claims. If you want it, uh, you can contact me off air. I can connect you with a good paralegal that can deal with that issue for you because, yeah, there'll be no reason not to get that bonus if you've earned it. Uh, so, yeah, you definitely should contact me. Even since he resigned? Even if he resigned. Because wow. he, he, he earned the bonus. Yeah, wow. so it's, it's money that's owed to him. Lou, that number is 416-216-5900 to get a hold of Lior's office directly. The employment hour continues on Talk Radio, AM 640. Tony on the line in Toronto. Good evening, Tony. How are you doing? Good, pal. What's up? The question is, if we have a collective agreement that has, if you're terminated or let go, you're only entitled up to a maximum of eight weeks, one week of service, up to a maximum of eight weeks. But if you've been there, say, 25 years or more, are you still binded to just eight weeks? Yeah, and that's the bad news, Tony. When you're part of a union, you you live and die by the terms of the collective agreement. If you were not part of the union, you'd be owed a lot more than that, potentially two years' pay. 
But because the collective agreement limits you to eight weeks, that's all you get. There's really nothing else that you can do. And, and, and that's it. You're stuck. So anything we talk about here, when we talk about severance, usually that only applies to non-union employees. Right. Not because I don't want it to apply to union employees. That's just the way the law works. You can't help them no matter and what. And I cannot help them. If, you have a, if you're a unionized employee and you have a problem with your employer, the only one allowed to help you is the union. No As you've said, you live by the union, you die by the union, It's right? it. That's yeah. all it is. We are talking about uh, the worst times for an employer to terminate employment on the show tonight. Uh, well, this one, a, uh, well, right before an employee is due for a large bonus or commission, like we heard from... Uh, like our previous caller there. said there. That's right, yeah. So the reason why that's not right is if you're, you're going to pay a bonus next week and you let someone go today, well, guess what? It looks like you're letting them go because of the bonus. Mm-hmm. And if you think that that's going to help you avoid paying them the bonus, Guess what? That doesn't work either. You're gonna get. You're gonna have to pay a bonus, and not only that, you may be penalized for letting them go in ba- in bad faith by trying to save some money that way. You may have to pay additional damages, what we call punitive damages or aggravated damages. Mm-hmm. So that that's just a bad time to do it. You, it doesn't work that way. If someone's earned the bonus, if someone's worked to earn the bonus, you can't pick a convenient termination date to let them go just to avoid paying them. Okay? It doesn't work. Bad idea. Illegal. How about this? Uh, right after you reduce the, uh, I know you can, this comes by your office all the time, you reduce the employee compensation or get him or her to sign a new contract, then you terminate them. Yeah, and you know a lot of employers do that, believe it or not. So let me kind of set a, 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 a scenario for you, set it up for you. Uh, employer has an employee and reduces their pay. The employee is not happy but accepts it. And a few days later, or a few weeks later, the employer lets the employee go. Says, well, you know, now when we calculate your severance, we gonna, we're going to calculate that on the basis of your reduced salary because we just reduced your salary a few days ago. Convenient. Uh, convenient. Except if it's that close, if the, if the termination happens so soon after the reduction in salary, guess what? It doesn't work. It's illegal. A court would see right through that. So would I. So you're not really gaining anything. Uh, bad idea. And in fact, again, you may be penalized for acting in bad faith. The same thing happens if you have someone sign a new agreement. So you may have someone sign a new employment agreement. And guess what? In that agreement, there's a term that limits their future severance. Uh, and if that happens, then you let them go. Well, you know how you signed an employment agreement last week? That says we can only, only have to pay you three weeks pay. So here's three weeks and off you go. Again, illegal it's not going to work. You can't enter into an agreement in bad faith that way. So uh, those are situations an employer should avoid at all costs. May and Kipling. Good evening, May. Hi. Hi. I have a question. Um, if, say, somebody is on sick leave, right, they, they had a surgery and the surgeons told them that they cannot go to work, if that person decides to spend their sick leave, let's say, uh, and to go away and say they leave the country, and um, they have a letter from the surgeon and they have a letter from the doctor who both agree that it would be good to get out of the Canadian winter and go yep. somewhere where you can maybe, because you're on crutches, that you can sit outside in the sun and mm-hmm. also be able to walk around with crutches. Now, can an employer um, have the right uh, to say that this was something um, you could not do because you did not get permission to leave the country um, that they could terminate you? Uh, good question, May. So th- the situation you want to avoid is the employer saying, well, 
by by you leaving the country, clearly you're you're not going to be available to work. So so we're going to let you go, or you've resigned somehow. So the way to deal with that, May, is number one, get them something from your doctor saying that that's approved by the doctor or recommended by the doctor. That's number one. Number two, make it clear to them in writing, email, letter that uh, it's your intention to come back to work as soon as you can, and as soon as you're better, you're going to be back here right away, and you're only doing this to help you get better. You want to make it clear that you're not resigning. The fact that you're going to be uh, leaving town uh, and traveling doesn't mean that you're not coming back to work and that you're going to be coming back to work as soon as possible. If you do those two things, you're absolutely fine. Your employer can't say that you've resigned or can't uh, assume that you're doing something wrong. If you do those two things, you're fine. We'll take a uh, quick break. And by the way, anytime you want to get a hold of uh, Lior outside of the show hours, is 416-216-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640. We'll talk and at least we'll get into disciplining, uh, disciplining employees. Well, we're not going to literally discipline anybody. We're going to talk about disciplining employees because, you know, I got the guy here who runs a firm and has to do some disciplining, I would imagine, on occasion. Sometimes, You're yeah. just a nice guy that's examples. all there is to it. First, we'll get to uh, Elizabeth in North York. Good evening, Elizabeth. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you guys? Excellent. What's up? Um, I don't really know how to explain this properly. Okay, so my co-worker, she is employment facilitator. She's running the workshops, and she was approached by a manager who already has done, has done a lot of stupid things anyway, <laughs> um, and she told her that she's not allowed to use oh my God, or uh, Jesus Christ, words during the workshop, which was not even true. The co-worker, she said she never used those words, but the truth is that she's a very religious person, and we're dealing with a lot of immigrants from different cultural mm-hmm. backgrounds. Um, so she was very upset because she was blamed wrongly. And secondly, she said, what right do you have to tell me that I cannot use you know, like it's a typical saying, oh, my God. And it's a typical saying, Jesus Christ, when you're right. surprised or something, it's, right? Yeah, vernacular so in the prepared, workplace, yeah. Yeah, so she's prepared to take some actions now, but she was just asking me, if, you know, is there any um, basis for her to do that or not? Well, there's really no basis to take action. I mean, the whole thing is almost nonsense. What I mean by that is nothing can happen to her. She can't really be punished for using those words in the workplace. So, I mean, honestly, I almost never say this, but in this case, I'm almost going to say ignore it. Ignore those orders because it's really nothing that an employer can do when the employee didn't do anything wrong. So in this case, can she really do something about it? No. When she could do something as if she gets penalized, suspended, uh, let go, uh, if that were to happen, yes, absolutely she'd have recourse. At this point, honestly, she didn't do anything wrong. It's almost silly for a supervisor to, to make demands like that. It's not appropriate. Uh, so honestly, I would continue doing your job or your friend can do her job. And really, there's nothing that needs to be done at this point. Hopefully, the supervisor just understands that she's really uh, out in left field. Thank you for the call, Elizabeth. And that will segue us nicely into disciplining employees. So you when can, yeah, it's, it's magic. It truly uh, we're, is. We're good. We're kind good. Of. That's why we're on at night. Um, when can uh, an employee be disciplined, by the way? <laughs> 
Well, an employee can be disciplined, uh, unlike the situation that Elizabeth just brought, uh, brought up to us, uh, in situations where the employer, uh, sorry, the employee does something that's inconsistent with their job or inconsistent with the employer's obligations uh, or the employer's expectations of them. So when the employee does something that's unacceptable, something that the employer cannot accept or condone, it's appropriate for the employer to discipline employees. Now, I said the word discipline. I didn't say the word fire because a termination, a termination for cause is an extreme measure. It's the worst form of discipline. It's like the death penalty. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if someone commits a crime, quote unquote, there's various penalties that they can be be imposed. You know, maybe they get a a ticket, maybe they uh, get probation, maybe they even go to jail, but they're not going to be subject to the death penalty unless what they did is extreme. Same thing happens in the workplace. You may have done something and maybe what you did is inappropriate and it requires the employer to impose discipline on you, but that's fine, but that doesn't necessarily mean at all that you are you can be let go, mm-hmm. that the employer can let you go for cause. So there's a very big distinction between disciplining employees because they did something wrong and letting them go for cause. So what measures are available to said employer? You know, the, the list is, is fairly long, but the most common measures are uh, warnings and suspensions. So warnings can vary anywhere from uh, verbal to written warnings. And a warning essentially would say, here's what you did, and if you continue doing these this types of uh, conduct, we may have to let you go. So there's a warning there. Don't do this or else. The other form of uh, discipline is a suspension. Uh, so because of what you did, we're going to suspend you from the workplace. Now remember, generally speaking, a suspension can only be with pay. I was just about to ask you. That, I yeah. know you did because you're a brilliant guy. Well, uh, but a suspension without pay may actually be a constructive dismissal. So there's generally no right on an employer to suspend someone without pay, but with pay, yes. So uh, warning, suspension, and extreme measures. Uh, there could even be a demotion, but that that's really, really, really extreme. And if the employee did something that's pretty darn close to being a justification for a termination, they may be demoted. But usually we're talking about warnings and suspensions. Just stuff like uh, training or, you know, sending them back to school, for lack of a better term, does that does that count as well as disciplining? Well, that's not necessarily discipline. That's ways to deal with bad performance. Right. So if you're a bad performer, the employer may provide you additional training. The employer may uh, give you some help, et cetera, and may put you on a performance improvement plan. That's not so much discipline. That's ways to improve performance, which eventually could turn into discipline Mm -hmm. if the employee refuses to engage in that or or refuses to do a good job. Uh, The performance improvement can turn into discipline. Yours number outside the show hours, 416-216-5900. The Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM640. Right over to Mario, Mississauga. Good evening, Mario. How are you? Good, yourself? Good. What's your uh, concern? Quick question, actually. Uh, What happens if an employer dies? What happens to the employees? Let's say if there's a company of two or three people. Do they get any sort of a benefit package? So the, the owner of the company passed away? Yes. And uh, so you, you guys stopped working? Uh, yeah. Okay. So Because remember, the, the business itself is separate from the owner of the business. The business is its own entity. So if you no longer have a job, even if it's because the, the owner of the company passed away, you're absolutely owed severance uh, because the business, and maybe it's run by the owner's estate, the business still has a monetary value. There's still assets the business has, there's accounts receivable. So you get severance as if you were let go for, for no reason. So you and your colleagues absolutely are owed severance if you no longer are working. So my best advice, Mario, is give me a call off air uh, and let me let me make sure that I can help you and your colleagues get that severance. 
what happens if the business is just closed? It's, it's done. Well, and I'm assuming that it is, but the business still has some monetary value. It has some assets, things that it owns, equipment, and other things. Uh, it has money owed to it by clients or their accounts receivable. So even if the business is closed, you're still owed severance. Uh, so give me a call. I'll be more than happy to help you. How many billions of times has that happened in, in workplace history that the place is just closed and somebody's passed on or otherwise yeah. and everyone just walks away, gets another job, right? No, Not knowing. Absolutely. And then you're owed severance. I mean, you, you, you can't get blood from a stone. So there has to be some ability to pay. But in most yeah. cases, the business is going to have some assets, some money, and it has to meet its legal obligations. Got uh, Tim on the line. Good evening, Tim. Hi, how are you? Excellent. How are you? Good. Okay. Okay. Um, I got two questions. One question is, does, um, I work for a non-union company, and as far as working hours are concerned, can, like, can a, a less seniority, can they give more hours to a less seniority person than a person with more seniority? Yeah, they, they can. Uh, they absolutely can, as long as they're not changing hours midstream. So if they're saying, you know, now we're going to give you less hours, Tim, we're going to take your hours away, that's something they can't do. But as long as they're not changing things midstream, there's really no obligation to give more senior people more hours or less senior people less hours. They could, they could allocate that as long as uh, any way they want. Is that right? Okay. And, uh, okay. And, um, Okay, I was actually I was actually let go over this matter, and um, this happened last Thursday. Okay. And am I entitled to like I I don't think I did anything wrong just by asking why, you know, other people are getting more hours than me and this and that, and they actually got upset with me and I was actually terminated. So hmm. were you, were you belligerent? Did you curse? Did no, you threaten? Not, not not at all. Okay. Not not at all. And did they pay you? Offer you any severance? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still waiting. I, I haven't even gotten my, um, you know, it's been a week now, and I haven't even gotten my, uh, my papers. Okay. I don't, you know, I, I don't know what to put down. I actually called your office. Okay. And uh, the girl says I can't do anything until I get my papers. But am well, I let's, let's, any kind of severance? Let's absolutely your own severance. Not, not even a question. We just need to know because they may offer you proper severance. But let's, let's go through the analysis. How long have you worked there? Seven years. And what kind of job? What were you doing? Drive a concrete mixer. Okay, and how old are you, Tim? I'm 51 years old. So you're looking at about nine months' pay. Eight to nine months' pay is what should be owed, okay? Uh, that's severance for you. Now, if you don't believe they're going to pay that or, or if they offer you less than that, you've been wrongfully dismissed. You're absolutely going to be owed that amount. So uh, once we know what they've offered you, if, if you've received your paper, let me talk to you off air. If they're not sending you papers again, I want to talk to you because, yeah, eight to nine months is what you're owed, and I'll easily be able to help you to get it. There's no way for them to let you go without severance based on what you've described to me. Appreciate the call, Tim. Even before he said it, I go, I bet you this guy's somehow related to the construction industry. Yeah, yeah. It's so commonplace. It is. It's like the Wild West there sometimes. (laughs) Uh, You know, when employers feel they could do whatever they want, that the laws don't apply. Well, guess what? Laws apply just the same in the construction industry as they do in any other industry. So if if you lost your job, you were owed severance the same as anyone else. We were talking about disciplinary measures uh, before we got to a string of phone calls. So how does the employer choose between disciplinary measures now that they know what they are? Well, generally speaking, the, the uh, punishment has to fit uh, the crime. So it's inappropriate to suspend someone for five days if they were late five minutes to work. Unless, of course, they, there's already prior discipline on record. What I mean by that is an employer is expected to engage in what we call progressive discipline. In other words, 
discipline has to continue and escalate as time goes by. So for a first offense, maybe you only get a warning. Second offense, maybe you get a written warning. Then maybe you get a suspension because it gets worse. Mm -hmm. So if you were late for the first time today for five minutes, yeah, to give you a suspension is completely inappropriate. But if this is the fifth time in a row that you've been late five minutes, yeah, suspension may be appropriate because we got to send you a stronger message. Obviously, you're not getting it. So punishment has to fit the crime but discipline can escalate as the conduct continues, and that's the best way to pick uh, as between disciplinary measures. Remember, punishment has to fit the crime. 416-216-5900. The Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. Good evening, Sasha. Hello, Leo. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Sasha? Pretty good, pretty good. So, Leo, I worked for a, um, a transportation company for 20 years. I was pretty much pulled away from that transportation company. I got a decent offer from a company that told me they were much larger than they were. I went over to them. I joined forces with them for about a year, a year and a month to be exact. And a month ago, I was let go. Um, they pretty much sucked me dry of all my contacts and found no further use for me. Wow. Um, later on down the road, I found out that I'm not the first one, obviously, this has happened to. Um since I was there, we went through a couple other staff members as well. Now, tell me this, oh, yeah. Asha. When, when uh, you were working at the previous company, were you looking to leave? Were you shopping out your resume? Um, no, not necessarily. How, how did they find out about you, this company? I actually helped them grow their business while I was at the other company. Um, in transportation, they were a third-party logistics. Uh, I was with an asset-based transportation company. So, yeah. Now, when you started with this company a year ago, did you sign an employment agreement? Yes. And are you, do you know if that employment agreement talks about the issue of termination? Does it stipulate what they'd owe you if they ever let you go? No. Okay. So that's, that's the good news because here's, here's your situation. Your situation is what we call inducement. What that means is you're securely employed for a period of time. Another company comes with grandiose promises, takes you away only to let you go shortly after. What, that, what happens then when they let you go is you get credit for the previous 20 years you had with the previous company. So even though you've only worked for this company for a year, in the eyes of the law, for the purpose of calculating your entitlements, you may be a 20-plus year employee, which means you could be owed 20, 18, 24 months of compensation, as opposed to maybe the three, four, five months you'd get after only working for one year. Now, what kind of severance have they offered you? Two weeks. Well, that's, yeah. that's absolute nonsense. That's complete nonsense, especially if what you're telling me is that there's no employment agreement that speaks to the issue of termination. So you have to call me, Sasha. You and I have to have a talk off air because you're owed a lot more, potentially up to a couple of years pay if we account for your previous 20 years of service, which they may have to in this situation. So this is an important call you have to make. I need to talk to you off air, uh, and let's do that. Sasha, that number, 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900. As we get down to the uh, the nitty gritty here, severancepaycalculator.com. That's right. So if Sasha or anyone else wants to get an idea as to how much severance to owe, you know, you've always wondered what would happen if that bad day comes when the employer lets you go, or maybe you just have been let go and you want to know what uh, what you're actually owed. A nice tool, easy to use that I've created, severancepaycalculator.com. You can go there anytime on your desktop, on your phone. Uh, and input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and it's going to tell you right there in about 10 seconds 
how much severance you're owed, how much severance the employer has to pay you. So it's severancepaycalculator.com. It's free, it's anonymous, and if you want to, you don't have to, but if you want to, after you get that result, there's a green button you press, Mm -hmm. and it sends me an email with the information. I'll contact you and we'll discuss it. So great tool. And even if you know someone, your, your next door neighbor, your uncle, they just lost their job, send them to severancepaycalculator.com. And terminationquestions.com as well if you have questions outside of show hours. That's right. Our show is over now. We're not going to be back uh, here on Wednesday night till next week. But in the meantime, if you have any questions and you want to ask them anonymously, you can go to terminationquestions.com. Ask me any question about employment law. Myself or one of my colleagues are going to respond usually within a few minutes. It's a really good tool. If you want to know your legal rights, anonymous, terminationquestions.com, ready to answer. That is a wrap, my friend. That's it. As they say, it's been swell, but the swelling has gone down. So <laughs> I will take my leave. And as you will as well tonight, we'll be back uh, Sunday. But in the meantime, 416-216-5900 is Lior's number. Now the show is complete. And you want to get a hold of him through email, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour right here. Talk Radio, AM 640.